Hello, my lovely quiet rebels. Now, you may be thinking, that's not Mayke's voice. And you'd be right. <laughs> but this is Mayke's voice, so don't worry. Like, we've still got you. <laughs> so, my lovelies, this is a very special episode because this is the celebration of the 100th Quiet Rebels podcast episode. And we thought to do something special. So the voice that you just heard, would you like to introduce yourself, mysterious voice? <laughs> Hello. I'm not a mysterious voice. I am Mayke's EA. I'm Annie. Um, I've been working with Mayke for 16 wonderful months. And yeah, I'm very happy to be here on the podcast. Yes, indeed. And I, I did not like Rebels. I did not ask her to say that it was wonderful months. So the fact she said it on her own. Yay! That was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so my lovelies, as you know, primarily the show is made up of guest interviews, right? So we thought, hmm, what if we turn the tables a little bit? And I've had, I've never been interviewed properly on my own podcast before. And so we thought, why don't we do this? And I couldn't think of a better person to do this with than the person who's actually with me behind the scenes, creating all that you see. So Annie, you're in the hostess seat now. I'm in the (laughs) guest seat. So I'm going to leave it to you with like all these questions. I have an idea of what the questions are, but who knows what's it's going to come out of my mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to leave it to you. Awesome. In that case, we'll dive straight in. Question one, where did the idea for the Quiet Rebels podcast come from? Oh, I feel like this is combined with where the actual identity came from as well. So I do remember back in 2018, the 1st of June in particular was the day I actually left my last job. And that job was actually working for an online entrepreneur. And I just remember feeling like I really wanted a fresh start. So I knew that in order to help me feel more quote unquote professional, I really wanted a brand photo shoot. And I found a wonderful human being here in the UK, well, she's moved to the Netherlands now. Um, So shout out to Liz Riley. And she was my brand photographer. And instead of just helping me select what kind of photo I wanted and the kind of themes and everything like that she really asked me more of the behind the scenes story of like what I'm all about and then there was a common thread that seemed to appear all the time with any of my life choices and it was the fact that I made choices never to spite anyone in my life especially my family because they had an idea of who they wanted me to be but I made the choice not to kind of you know them but it's because I just felt something was meant to be different and I was like yeah so I'm a bit of a rebel in a way but a quiet one I just remember verbalizing that and then suddenly it felt like a lightning bolt hit me it was like oh I like that I like that name a quiet rebel interesting and then a year later on I found myself being pretty underground with my business and then I just knew that I wanted to see if more people felt the same way I did with being a quiet rebel. And it's for all the people who just see an alternative way. There's the status quo, there's a quote unquote norm. And then we just call it into question, what else is there? And for anyone who ever wants to come along for the journey to be a part of these conversations or listening to them, that's what created Quiet Rebels podcast. Awesome. 
I very much relate to challenging the status quo, as you know. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> I work so well together. <laughs> <laughs> and now, without the the silly typo of a hundred years, um, <laughs> how has your podcast changed over the last hundred episodes? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I I remember feeling really awkward when I recorded solo episodes, but they actually are one of my favorite episodes to record these days. And it's not because I don't love my guests. I adore my guests. <laughs> but sometimes I feel, because I'm a verbal processor, it just feels like it makes sense. And I feel like I'm able to drop to a new layer of intimacy that I otherwise wouldn't be able to. Because when I'm speaking with guests, I'm holding space for them to help their genius shine. And I love doing that. And there are occasional moments that happen in the business when I just really want to just hit record and go. So I know that over the last hundred episodes, I've definitely built a lot more confidence with being able to speak to you directly, my quiet rebels. And also the kind of the conversations that we have on the podcast as well. Because the more and more I learn, the more aware I am of the kind of conversations that I want to continue facilitating and which ones I'm ready to kind of like have a close on their chapter. So I believe as as someone who identifies with multiple marginalized identities, I acknowledge the privilege that I have to be able to amplify these much needed to be heard voices. And so I'm a lot more consciously aware of who I want to amplify and why, who am I advocating for? So I was very selective from the beginning of the podcast of who I wanted on this platform, but this continues to be even more and more thorough these days because I really want to make a choice to protect the space that we've cultivated together. So I guess if I've learned anything over these last hundred episodes is really coming closer and closer to my own values and how I choose to uplift them through the people I have on here and the kind of conversations we have. That's really good. Even just over the last 16 months, I've seen how things have changed and evolved and it's actually been really beautiful to watch. Um, And yeah, so congratulations. Actually, yeah, I haven't even done that yet. Congratulations on a hundred episodes, May Kay. (laughs) This, I mean, like this in itself is a celebration because oh, Annie, like I look forward to like having this conversation with you because unless someone works with with us inside the programs that we have or the ultimate podcast guesting workshop series, no one has the blessing of getting to know you. So it's just really <laughs> awesome to just to kind of like have you here as well. So thank you as well, <laughs> and thank you for being part of it. More than happy to. I, I do usually work behind the scenes. So this is like me peeking out and saying, hey. <laughs> but it's, it's been it's been amazing. And I love listening to the podcast. And I was I was listening to one of the episodes, well, actually, the you know, Vivian's episode today, and just being like, oh, make hey. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who hasn't listened to Vivian's episode, it's actually episode 99, so the one just before this. And so I spoke about this um do you you want to say it Annie or do you want me to say it building teams and our relationship and how to keep people around and through your values really it's all value driven isn't it absolutely and there was this incident that happened a few months ago for us and Mm. there was a choice that I had to make 
and it's whether to appease you know this person who I originally wanted on the podcast and to kind of like fulfill their needs or supporting Annie (laughs) and because we have a rule of thumb on our team and that is the fact that everybody is entitled to a bad day Hmm. we'll give them one allowance but if it happens more than once then it becomes a pattern and it's something that needs to be addressed and you know I've been in a situation in my previous jobs where I can tell because I was on a lower rung of this ladder I was much more easier to replace so even though I brought up a situation um, it was like acute sexual assault in my one of my last previous workplaces and instead of taking it seriously I can see that the higher-ups cared more about replacing me because I seemed to be a troublemaker because I had the courage to actually talk about something like this something that didn't just affect me but two other women in our team and I just made I made a decision then and that was if I ever have a team in the future I'll make sure that they are protected and that is something that I really hold dear to my heart because Annie you I honestly can't imagine running this business without you now and this (laughs) has become a total gush fest which I love so (laughs) so episode 99 if you want to hear more about a a particular incident (laughs) well yeah it just it shows character I think in those moments like that so I really hope that you continually feel supported and um yeah, thank you for supporting me. Hey, it's the dream team to be really, really cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> exactly. Now I feel better because you took it cheesy, I took it cheesier, and now you're yeah. the cheesiest. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, we, we have a phrase with me and my, me and my partner, and we say king cheese, and that's when something's really cheesy, right? Um, and then we just say, oh, king cheese. It's like, it's like calling out. This is a really cheesy moment. But instead of kind of like turning it down, it's celebrating it. And so yeah. just imagine this, you know, the cartoon block of cheese where it's like <laughs> a wedge, right? With the holes in it and then the, the, the smelly odors coming off of it. Just imagine like a sparkly little crown on it. And it's like king cheese moment. So <laughs> That's adorable. I think I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yes, please do. We can do this to each other now, like in our meetings. It's like king cheese, king cheese. <laughs> yes, there's quite a lot of king cheese in in mm. our in our meetings, which is awesome. Hundred <laughs> percent. Taking it a little bit more serious, I guess. Um, I mean, how how could you not after king cheese? Um, but uh, what was the hardest episode for you to record? Do you think? Oh, this is, it's a tie between two of them. And they are ones that I recorded in October 2020 and I think January 2021. So October 2020 was when I recorded the episode when I came out. So for those of you who don't know, I identify as pansexual and I'm also in a same-sex relationship. And I have been for 10 years. So I've kept that under wraps and only those in my inner circle have known this about me. And because it's like, I'm very grateful that everyone in my inner circle, that they celebrated that. It was still absolutely terrifying to do that. And the previous month in September, 2020, I actually came out to my mum. And I was terrified because 10 years prior, 
there was an outburst and it was something that was shameful at the time. And luckily, she's really grown to love my partner. And so when I shared with her the news, it was like, oh, yeah, I kind of knew about it, but just wanted you to tell me. It just felt very anticlimactic, quite honest. (laughs) But the thing is, I wanted my family to know before I shared it with the wider world. And so that episode was one of the hardest to record because I, it felt so vulnerable and you never know what someone could say or what someone could do. But I think it's a testament to the kind of message that I have created around Quiet Rebels and the kind of guests. And all of them are incredibly open-minded and are embracing this, you know. As they should. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it- even so, it was terrifying. It was like every time I told someone, I was prepared for them to cut themselves out of my life. I was mm-hmm. prepared for that. And it, it was hard to think that because there are several people who are incredible pillars of support and I would never know if they would just up and leave one day. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, so, so grateful for everyone who stayed. And that was really really hard for sure mm-hmm. um so and that was why there was quite a few I think it was like three to four weeks of a break around that time after I released that episode because of how much capacity that took from me to kind of I was anticipating a huge loss of connection but to my surprise and gratitude I didn't need to worry about that because of the amazing people who are around me so thank you for those of you who are listening right now because oh even just talking about it it kind of like gets me up and running again um so that was one episode and the other episode that was incredibly hard to record was the one where I spoke about reconnecting to my cultural roots because I realized in 2020 during the Black Lives Matter movement I realized how tight-lipped I seemed to be because I didn't know what to say and I'd had no opinion or, or contribution to these conversations whatsoever. And I realized it's because I've always chosen to be neutral. So we call it like Switzerland, like oh, I'm Switzerland right now. <laughs> right? And then I saw a quote, I believe it's by Archbishop Desmond Tutu, I believe, um, about those who stay silent are supporting the oppressor. And then as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, okay, that can't happen anymore. So I, I realized that a huge reason why I couldn't feel like I could talk about anything to do with race is because I actually willingly walked away from learning more about my culture and the reason why is because I primarily grew up in the countryside here in the UK and so there was very minimum diversity whatsoever like there was for me there was no other Chinese families apart from my own and that was it and so I I couldn't, I didn't speak the language either. And I learned from my father that he, well, both my parents, they actually decided not 
to pass the language on to my sister and I. And it wasn't because they didn't want to teach us, but it's because they were so worried about us being bullied. Because we already looked different, he said. It was like, well, you already look different and we didn't want you to sound any different. And that was heartbreaking to hear. And when I moved to London when I was nine and I started becoming more exposed to so many different cultures, there was such a multicultural place to live. And then I found when I was introduced to a, a Chinese community, I really felt like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. And many of them made it very clear that I didn't belong. They would say things like, like, oh, you're not really Chinese, are you? Because you don't speak the language. And they would comment about my weight because I wasn't as, as skinny or slim as many of the other girls were. And I just felt really pushed aside and outcasted by a community that I thought should have been my family and people who actually supported me because we were similar or come, you know, come from the same background. But I willingly walked away from that because I was tired of feeling like I didn't belong somewhere. And if anything, that actually reconnects to this whole idea of being a quiet rebel as well, because it's kind of like having this beacon of, hey, come here, we celebrate your differences because our differences is what makes us the same. And yeah, and that episode about reconnecting with my cultural roots, it was really painful because I also lost my grandmother in December 2020. And I remember feeling really angry over the grief period and I'm still going through it and it comes in waves and they're a lot stronger around that time. And I remember feeling really angry at all the people who made me feel less than and all the people who made me feel like I wasn't worth being Chinese because that shame meant that I never picked the language up again and also meant that I could never have a conversation with my grandmother. And towards the end of her life, I could barely confidently say that I loved her because I was like, I was constantly worried, like, oh my God, am I even saying this right? And so it was heartbreaking, not knowing whether or not she really heard me or understood me. So those episodes were really hard. And now that I think back on, I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, they are still very hard to even recall. Mm -hmm. But this is what I'm so grateful to have this space for, because this is, these are the conversations that I get to choose to have aired um, for everyone else to listen and I'm so grateful for the beautiful people who reached out to me after those episodes they shared so much love and support and I can't imagine running this podcast without people like you to support me as these things keep coming up yes (laughs) the rebel family yeah quiet rebels family Thank you for sharing. I know that was that was hard for you, but I think it's going to be really interesting for your listeners to hear. Um, and it's a really important question because it's all about what matters to you. And you are a wonderful, wonderful leader. <laughs> so <laughs> we need to know these things. 
Well, I don't really call myself a leader. Um, I call myself a perspective expander. I would prefer that, <laughs> at least not right now. I feel like I, I, I know that people have very kindly shared with me, like, oh, thank you for leading. And hmm. I'm like, I'm so grateful that you see me that way. I don't see myself that way, at least not right now. <laughs> I know it's accidental, for sure, but um, thank you. <laughs> a, a perspective expander, did you say? Yeah. Yes. Well, thank I you did. for being a wonderful perspective expander. <laughs> <laughs> has a slightly different ring to it but it's still pretty cool I think <laughs> um kind of going on to kind of the content as we've kind of been delving into what's one maybe two nuggets of wisdom that you'd love to share with all the listeners from your journey so far oh <laughs> these are the kinds of questions I ask my guests and I and I get why they stumble sometimes because he's hmm. <laughs> turning the tables on behalf of all of your guests. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, thank you. Wisdom. I don't think it's anything profound, but this is what's coming to mind right now. And that is the fact that the more you unbecome, the more you'll really know yourself. Mm. Because I have very steadily stripped away more and more of those perfectionist layers because I used to be afraid that I'd be perceived as anything less if I wasn't so polished. But what I've heard from many of my wonderful listeners is that they like the the raw, uncut, behind the scene <laughs> kind of episodes. And that's because they feel real. And so instead of asking myself the question, who do I need to become? Because that was a question that I always used to be asked by my mentors and coaches. They'd always say, who do you need to become? in order to be the best version of yourself, right? And then knowing me, I, I, I almost always flip it. I'm like, but what if we look at the other side? <laughs> <laughs> and now my question is like, who do I need to unbecome? Mm-hmm. So which layers, which masks have I put on to try and be more palatable for the people who I want to be approved by? And then I realized that the less I tried to be someone who I wasn't, the more I learned about who I really was. Wow. For another top of the head thought, that was pretty deep, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Just casually drop in. We need to unbecome. What? (laughs) It's true, though. Well, I'm going to attribute that to a couple of my... Um, I've been told before from a really lovely client of mine, she called me an old soul. And I'm not sure to which degree um, everyone who's listening right now believes in this. And that's okay if you don't. It's something that I've just explored. And in essence, an old soul is someone who has lived before many lifetimes. And there's still a mission 
that needs to be completed. It's like a, this quest to fulfill. And so I learned yesterday about this concept of upward spiraling because one of my peers in a fellow in a mastermind that I'm in, she said that she felt that she was just starting over again and it feels frustrating, kind of like going back to where you started. And then one of our other members jumped in and said, well, what if you're upward spiraling? And that is when you kind of go back over on those same steps as you've had before, but you're not at the beginning. It's just that it looks like you are, but you're actually approaching it from a higher level with new wisdom and new perspectives and lived experiences that you're just covering the same area, but you're actually ascending upwards. And when I think about, because I, I do feel that sometimes when um, I, it makes me think like, where did that come from though? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? And then maybe it's from one of my, one of my, soul journey really so yeah even if even I wonder where it comes from sometimes <laughs> <laughs> gifted to you from the universe <laughs> taking it on a little bit of a different track how has creating the quiet rebels podcast and all the beautiful initiatives changed your approach to your business you know a lot of people ask me should I start my own podcast or should I guest on other podcasts and it was it was really interesting how a lot of people thought it was a prerequisite to have their own podcast before they guest on others and I'm like it can help but it's not a prerequisite for sure all I know is ever since having this podcast and being able to carry it through week after week and granted I know there's been several great weeks (laughs) I realized that it's an opportunity to show up in a way that feels safe for me because it's my own space and it really helps to know that this is a space for curated conversations where I get to be selective of who comes into my circle. And so that's why when I teach people about podcast guesting, like how to pitch themselves to other podcasts with integrity, I all, I'm always able to draw on the fact that I am a, I am a host as well. Mm-hmm. And I've always been careful with who I have on because that's who I want to protect. And that's my audience. And I really want to kind of have that go through with my messaging when it comes to podcast guesting. It's like, yes, it's there. It's a strategy to help you grow your business and reach new audiences, absolutely. But at the end of the day, you need to realize and acknowledge and honor the fact that someone has worked for months or years, decades, with creating their own spaces and it's an honor for us to enter them if they allow us to so if anything it's helped me be a better podcast guest because I'm my own host and also it's really helped me to have really beautiful relationships with as many people as possible who I know are 100% aligned with me 
And so that's why we have, you know, I, I, I really appreciate when people do send me pictures, not the generic ones, but <laughs> the ones who really try because they know that I teach people this stuff. And when I can see the effort that's gone in, I just like take a step back and I'm like, oh, yeah, this one, this person. Does that answer your question? I wonder if I went on a tangent. <laughs> I think it all kind of feeds in. Um, it's kind of how it's changed your approach to your business. But I think you have, you know, you shared kind of that it's all about your business and everything that you do kind of feeds into that as a whole. And it's all about your, your not only your customers, but your listeners and other podcasters. You kind of take this holistic approach as such. Yeah, it definitely is. And I guess it hasn't changed my business um, trajectory from what it was before. I will say that it's just helped to amplify what I've already done mm. and that I've always been mindful, again, of who I let in my inner circle. Maybe it's an introvert thing as well. Um, it's also a definitely. safety thing. Um, but it's, also, it's always about relationships and building them. And that's why I don't believe in the transactional approach to podcast guesting and in business a lot of the time as if every person is like dispensable it's like no everybody has a unique thing to bring to the table and that's why I don't just let anyone on my podcast and that's why other podcasters don't just let anyone on either and that makes sense your podcast is an extension of you and your brand and the people that you bring on have to be near and dear it's a it's an exchange of trust isn't it yes exactly. <laughs> I'm going to get really serious now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Be prepared. What's your favorite flavor of bubble tea? <laughs> you know, when you said be prepared, I was actually thinking about Lion King earlier on. And so the song just really came into my head. Be prepared. Um, <laughs> bubble tea. So I, my favorite brand is Coco. And in London, there is this shop like just before, just like in between Chinatown and Soho. I love going there. I get the original um, bubble tea flavor. On a normal day, I get the original, 0% sugar. If I'm drinking it straight away, I get ice. If I don't, and I'm saving it for later, no ice. And I get grass jelly. I do love me some grass mm. jelly. On a day when I'm feeling particularly indulgent, I get what's called Three Brothers. It's, for some reason, it's called Three Brothers. And it's the original milk tea recipe with the pearls and egg pudding and also the grass jelly. So it's quite the trifecta. It's very rich. It's definitely very indulgent. Um, but that's on an indulgent day. But otherwise, I would have grass jelly milk tea. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, I really want one now that they said. I really am <laughs> crossing that my partner will just bring one home because she's out in London today. <laughs> yes, if I do, I'll just... I'll, I'll send it to you you can live vicariously through me if you like <laughs> absolutely I look forward to seeing it on your insta stories but look what I got <laughs> hey when you come to London I'll treat you to bubble tea okay <laughs> oh my gosh I can't wait I love bubble tea <laughs> <laughs> why is Pikachu your favorite Pokemon oh okay yeah I feel like um because we say like the, the ditto two and Pikachu and maybe we can also ask you that as well like why ditto <laughs> <laughs> So mm, several reasons. So number one, I I was that kid who watched Pokemon every day at half seven in the morning. We left the house at eight to go to school. And back in the days of VCRs, like we'd 
record it and all that stuff as well. And yeah, it's just like it's just very nostalgic for me because I I watched the original um, Indigo League series of Pokemon because there are thousands of different Pokemon today, <laughs> but I'm in the original camp of 151. Uh, Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we like, I do love the original 150, and Pikachu was of course Ash's Pokemon, mm-hmm. and I know that he's probably. He's very like what people call OP these days, like overpowered. And it's true. It's like, no, well, no wonder. He's been Ash's Pokemon since day one. So no wonder. But yeah, it just feels very nostalgic for my childhood. And I always had this Pikachu plushie that I carried around everywhere with me, even on holidays when I went to water parks and things like that. I'm like, Dad, hold my Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually do remember one of my mentors actually, he referred to me as a Pikachu. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, and then he said, well, the thing is because, you know, you're like on the outside, you know, you're, you're cute, right? You're lovely to have as a companion. Mm-hmm. But if someone pisses you off, <laughs> <laughs> then, then people really underestimate how powerful you can be. Awesome. And I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can tell that he was reluctant to say cute. <laughs> so I can tell he, he meant it in the most respectful way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was that as well. He was like, but yeah, on the outside, you know, you're cute, great companion, great to be with. But yeah, if someone kind of steers you wrong, they, they will taste your power. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll take that. <laughs> so yeah, childhood nostalgia and a very interesting compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Lightning strike of rage from an adorable, cute yellow rat mouse mouse yeah mouse mouse Pokemon mouse. yeah <laughs> yes uh, yeah so also my team from my previous job they actually got me a giant Pokemon uh, sorry a giant Pikachu plushie mm-hmm. for my twenty fifth birthday a few years ago because <laughs> I got this like this big parcel and then. Um, I know that they compacted it, but when you open it, it obviously expands. And I was like, okay, this picture's getting bigger and bigger. But <laughs> it's great because when you feel like lonely and like you just sit next to Pikachu and just kind of like sit into him, it's like he's hugging you. <laughs> That's adorable. It is cute. It is cute. Okay. Yeah. I don't think they make giant ditto Pokemon, unfortunately. Oh. But I've I'll, I'll, different- I'll see if I can make one. <laughs> A legit one. And yeah, so on that note. Why is Ditto your favorite Pokemon? And why do you refer yourself to as Ditto? Because um, for everyone who's listening, when Annie and I have like, we just have that high five moment, but because we're not in person to high five, we have this singular gift that we send to each other. <laughs> and it's the one of Pikachu and Ditto. It's the only one that I've seen them like kind of have together. And they're just like bouncing and it's really, really cute. So Annie, why is Ditto your favorite Pokemon? Or well. Why? yourself at this <laughs> it's kind of twofold really a bit like yours but I, I haven't got a, as awesome as cool a story as you but um so ditto is always a bit of the underdog no one kind of really goes out being like, oh yeah I want to get a ditto it's just kind of a little pink squishy thing that <laughs> is kind of mostly overlooked a bit underestimated maybe but the power of ditto is that he can become anyone or any 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 other Pokemon he wants and have any of those powers 
And I just thought that was really cool. You can be whoever you want to be, no matter whether you're pink and squishy and small. You can you can be a Charizard or you can be a Dragonite. See, I'm also 151 Pokemon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just love that kind of idea of you you make your own path and you choose your power. Mm. And also, one of my main skills, I think, um, growing up, I probably had to learn it. Um, some people call it masking. Other people call it adaptability. Uh, but basically, one of my huge skills is that I can be dropped into any situation and kind of roll with it and learn. Um, and I've also got this thing where I can pick up people's voices, whether in not speaking voices, I'm terrible at accents, but they're written voices, <clears throat> for example. Um, so if someone needs me to write some copy and they have a specific brand voice, I will be able to read some of their copy and then ditto it essentially <laughs> and become that person. And I've come put on all of their different hats. In fact, some of our retainers are all about Pokemon in hats. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. We've got Raichu in a hat. Yeah. We've got Raichu in a hat. <laughs> <laughs> or the um, P2 or the Pikachu that yeah the name of all the retainers you're right <laughs> exactly um and that's just D- ditto putting on their different hats so yeah ditto is my favorite Pokemon but it's it's more an expression of self I think <laughs> mm. oh I love that see we didn't just pick the cute ones <laughs> we, we picked ones with meaning and yeah I can absolutely attest to the fact that you are a ditto and you are incredibly skilled and adaptable. And, and oh, well, those of you who don't, yes, yes <laughs> you need to be like highly revered because honestly, I don't think it's eat, not just anyone can work with me. And it's not necessarily because I'm a difficult client, I don't hope, but it's because <laughs> I'm a manifester in human design. And that means when ideas come, they come and they happen pretty quickly. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just roll with it. So I really appreciate your your ditto abilities. And I feel like something that we have in common as well is the un, like choosing the underdogs in a way, the mm-hmm. ones that are underestimated. And it's something that I've really learned to embrace. I'm like, well, if someone's going to underestimate and like overlook us, then they got something coming. <laughs> <laughs> and what better way to do that than to get them? So. Absolutely. <laughs> so, gushing. King okay. cheese moment. King cheese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to draw king cheese, I think. Just yeah, I, I feel post-it. like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably like draw draw one and it can be like a unique sticker that we send to each other in WhatsApp. <laughs> Cute. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> <sighs> I've got serious questions to ask, but I'm all fuzzy. I mean, you can ask fuzzy questions. It doesn't have to be. Cool. <laughs> what episodes have really stood out for you and had a large impact on you professionally or indeed personally over the last couple of years while you've been doing the um, while you've been doing the podcast? So I remember when I saw this question, and I was like. But that's like picking my favorite children. <laughs> I am this, mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> or in this case, my, my favorite guest. Okay. So the people who I'm about to share, like, I don't love them more than all my other guests. Okay. I have to love my children equally. 
think that's understood. <laughs> the ones who come to mind is because they really remind me a lot of what I what I value. And I guess also helping me become more aware of the injustices that I just previously didn't consciously think about. I may have been somewhat aware of them, but it was just kind of brought, brought to the forefront. So there was the episode with Shannon Miller and we talked about cybersecurity and how to protect ourselves as online business owners. And I really appreciated the fact that she was completely owning that she does the shadow work for an otherwise very glossy and beautiful ideal of online business. But the reality of it is there is an underworld and she is just like, yep, I do the underworld work because it needs to be done. All of these things that people don't want to think about, she does it because, you know, her clients who work with her, you know, they hire her because there's been a breach in security for them and it's become a threat to their daily life. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to think of that. But that remains to be one of the most important things that I think of because I've had kind of stalker experiences before and I just remember all the little things that my mom told me growing up about she even made a little song that I'm definitely going to share with my nephew, any future nephews and nieces, and my mm-hmm. own children in the future. She would sing this to me when I was really little. She would say, say no to strangers, say no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a good lesson, so thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she just made me very aware from a, from quite a young age. And then just hearing these horrible incidents that happen and how why I never post where I am like when people check into certain venues like on Instagram for example and they're checking into a place I never do that because I don't want someone to know where I am and like suddenly having a surprise because that has happened unfortunately before and I never want to do it again and also I come from a culture that really values its privacy and I need to do my work, but not in a way that affects their privacy. And so that's why I don't tag my family members. I don't, I rarely share pictures of them as well. And it's not because I don't love them, but it's because I'm looking out for them and just trying to my best to respect their privacy. It's also why very few people know the name of my partner or what she looks like because she's a very private person. So, I need to honor that and I want to as well because that's what helps her feel safe. So that episode was a huge eye-opener and it continues to be for sure. And also the episode that I did in the first year of the Quiet Rules podcast and it was about running a, an online business as an ethnic minority. So this is with my friend Iman Zabi and she actually helped me to realize why when I was a copywriter I would emphasize the fact that I was British because uh, I already look different right so I didn't want to give anyone any reason to believe that I wasn't capable of writing fluently in English 
that was a huge and then she shared some very heartbreaking stories of how she had been discriminated against just from the color of her skin or how young she looked but she continues to be one of the biggest powerhouses i know she's blazing trails and she's i'm always inspired by her so again i think that's a common theme here that you know, <laughs> for the people who get underestimated and overlooked we're a force to be reckoned with and aman is definitely one of those people sounds like an amazing human being she is an amazing human being <laughs> <laughs> so yeah those conversations have ha- absolutely stood out and yeah these are the things that i'm here for once mm-hmm. the ones that challenge me the ones that challenge us because no great change can happen without ruffling a couple of feathers <laughs> and plucking them out even <laughs> so yeah these these things need to be talked about more and so that's why it really feels like it feels like a privilege to me because it is to get to amplify these people absolutely big conversations with incredible people and actually that leads me into my next question um which is where do you see the potty heading over the next 100 episodes what's that what's coming up for the quiet rebels oh okay um you know i will send out a survey at some point about what people <laughs> actually want all i know is that we are on the right track because i changed the trailer when it came to our first anniversary um so we've we've reached our second anniversary already but it seems still pretty relevant what i've shared in that trailer mm. that this is the place for these conscious conversations to happen and they're the ones that are going to challenge us to ask questions that we never thought to ask to find answers to the questions we didn't know we were asking and i'm definitely going to have a much more conscious effort to represent people who haven't been yet and that's a lot of work for me to know how to do that appropriately because i'm still learning and i am still making mistakes i always will but i am doing what i can to step up take more responsibility and to make this a safe place for my guests because what i'm very grateful for is one of my recent guests who i won't name who this person is but they said to me thank you for creating the safe space for me to help me talk about what's really important and i've only really heard that compliment from clients inside of our sustainable visibility program but to hear a guest say that means that okay this is another this is another privilege that i get to share with other people so yeah I'm not entirely sure what the episodes are going to look like all i know is that these types of conversations are here to stay and to get even deeper even more raw even more uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> but this is where i really want to help people that sounds so exciting and important 
And yeah, I can't wait to hear the next episode, the next 10 episodes, the next 100 episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll probably have like, um, when we reach our 200th episode, we'll probably do this again. <laughs> I think that would be adorable. And we should absolutely do this again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, I just have one, one more meaty question, I guess. Okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) How has hosting the Quiet Rebels podcast impacted your views on sustainable visibility? Ooh, this is interesting. I think my podcast is definitely a huge part of what helps me be sustainably visible because it feels safe for me to show up here Mm. nothing can really come as a surprise like yes of course like I will never really know what my guests are about to say (laughs) Um, but you know I've still chosen them at the end of the day no one comes on here without my consent and Mm. so that's what makes it feel very safe for me to explore these uncharted territories and when I feel like I don't have the capacity to show up on other people's platforms this is like my home base and it's something that I created I created this podcast for everyone else and I didn't realize that it also feel like my home as well so yeah sustainable visibility is all about showing up in a way that feels safe for you and quiet ripples podcast definitely safe space for me it's absolutely a safe space and it's wonderful to listen to as well because you absolutely create that space for your guests to share honestly and openly and you can feel kind of how comfortable they are when they speak to you um and that's just a testament to you and your interview style and who you are as a person and I would like to learn how to do that very much. <laughs> I'm sure in the future, like when people listen to episode 100 and episode 200, they're like, oh, yes, Annie, don't worry. Like after 100 episodes, you've improved. <laughs> I hope so. You will. You will. And plus, you know, you're running a training session inside one of our programs as well. So you have a lot to give and share. And I wouldn't have asked you to do this unless I knew you could do it. So. Yes. Thank you. Well, you see, the training session is all on Excel and all of my happy <laughs> places. So that one's not a problem. This one's <laughs> as a as a as a little introvert. This is new. <laughs> it's new, but you're with me as we do it. So it's and it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Here we go. <laughs> now, I'm going to do exactly what you do to all of your wonderful guests. And ask you three questions at the end. Okay. The first one, and this might be a silly one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> Meike, where can people find you? <laughs> okay. So the best and only social media platform that I'm very active on is Instagram. So you can find me at instagram.com forward slash Meike Sang. M-A-I-K-E-E-T-S-A-N-G. And if you would like to explore the options of working with Annie and I, we do have multiple options here available to you. So I'm going to go with the 
okay, I'm going to go with the, the first two that came to my head and that's this. So we have, <laughs> our, we have our ultimate podcast guesting workshop series. So this is our on-demand three-part workshop series that will teach you the holistic process of podcast guesting with integrity. So if you want to know the ins and outs and to not have it be a transactional way of showing up and being visible, that is definitely the investment to make. And I'm very, very proud of what we have there. And we have ongoing Easter egg bonuses, which is like, it's, it's a really fun thing because Easter eggs that you find in movies, for example, they're unexpected, but they're like a delight, you know? So instead of the usual Facebook group or Slack group, I really wanted to have a different experience that's going to help hold you accountable, help you accelerate your progress with podcast guesting. That's going to be coming at complete random with a little bit of notice when it comes to live calls and things like that. But yes, so we have that as well. So you can go to makeafan.com forward slash UPG if you're interested in that. And also at the time of this recording, Annie and I are very, very excited to be opening the early bird window for the sustainable visibility incubator (laughs) this is our absolute favorite thing to offer in the business because of the the caliber of humans who gets to who we get to serve and so this is for you if you are an underestimated and underrepresented woman in business or you identify as gender expansive or non-binary as well And this is for you if you really want to show up in a way that feels safe and consistent for you, you want to expand your reach, grow your business on your terms. This is the deep work that we do. It's not just the strategy because to be honest, you can find visibility strategies pretty easily on the internet, but it's about understanding why something is or isn't working for you or like, yeah, what is the reason? why you haven't jumped or quote-unquote put yourself out there. (sighs) This is really the opportunity to do that inner exploration, to unbecome and to create a business that you're proud of sharing with the world and actively amplifying yourself once you're fully ready to receive. This is a six-month mentorship program that we're actually offering for the first time 12 months of support because our early bird period means that you have an extra three months of support before the program begins in November. And also instead of an abrupt finish that I find, I feel a lot of the time when I, when I finish masterminds, it feels like a sudden stop. So instead of a sudden stop and the screeching halt, we want it to kind of be like a, a slow release. So it's kind of like, a reflect and release period that is going to be three months after the program finishes so you're kind of like slowly going back into what I call the business wilds <laughs> <laughs> um, but you'll still be supported by us for across th- um, 12 months if you decide to join us in early bird so if you want to learn more about that and have a conversation with me send in your application you can head on to makeafan.com forward slash SVI dash waitlist. So you don't need to remember those URLs. I'll make sure to pop that <laughs> for you. But yeah, we would love to work with you if it's something that resonates. So those are the three places Instagram, EPG, um, or the podcast guesting workshop series, or SVI. So excited for, for all of them, but especially SVI. You know, yeah, that that's holds like, that's like business baby. Yeah, that holds <laughs> like a huge place in my heart. And I can't wait to, to run the next next one with you. So yeah. So, I'm pretty sure you've probably answered this. 
in general and maybe through your favorite Pokemon a little bit. But <laughs> what makes you a quiet rebel? Yep. I definitely <laughs> answered this before, but I will share it again because it bears repeating. A quiet rebel is just someone who sees the possibility beyond what is already normalized. We are the people who just question how something came to be. Because what is now normalized was once new. Every wheel we're told not to reinvent was created by someone. So I'm always asking, why can't that be us? Why can't we be the ones? So, yeah, I think, if anything, we are just pioneers of possibility. Heck yes, <laughs> if I'm allowed to say heck. Oh, yes, you can. Yes. Okay. I'm, not, yes. I'm not going to mark this explicit now. <laughs> it's going to be clean. It's still clean. Heck is clean. <laughs> <sighs> right, Rebels, forever. Absolutely. Yes. And now I'm, I'm curious because, obviously, we share quite a lot and we've got such a cool relationship and we talk all the time so I'm wondering if you can if you can come up with something that I don't know about you as well but what's one weird fact or fun story that no one on the internet or your EA knows about you Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) too challenging maybe just the internet You know, I have, to give, I have to give a shout out to my first guest, Fry Schwartz. He was my guest, I think it's episode nine, I believe. And we talked about his coaching, the conversion method. And he was the first ever guest who I asked his question to. And mm. now I understand because I'm in his shoes now because he also, <laughs> bless him, uh, struggled to answer his question at first. <laughs> so, mm. I'm very much enjoying turning the tables. <laughs> yes, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> okay (sighs) when I was 12 I was involved in a very unique accident I was with some friends and their parents as we went out to Natural History Museum out in London And then I was giving a piggyback to one of my friend's little brothers. And he was so small. And I was actually pretty scrawny (laughs) around that age. Um, And then the traffic lights started to change quickly. And so his auntie was like, come on, you've got to come across the road. So I started running. Mm -hmm. And because I was so scrawny, (laughs) I didn't have a lot of strength to hold him up as well as keep running. And I can feel myself toppling over. And I had a choice in that moment. It was either let him fall or keep a hold of him and use something else that wasn't my hands to break my fall. And that was my face. 
So I went down headfirst into the concrete road. And by the time I came to, I saw a paramedic, like kind of like tapping my face, making sure that I stayed awake. And I must have, I must have lost consciousness at one point because when I woke up, I was in hospital bed. And I was surrounded by my friends and their parents and they all looked so worried. And then I did, I probably was probably still in shock at the time. And I can see them reluctant to tell me something. And I was like, what's going on? And then they said, I think you should look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And when I did, I saw my face was all bloodied up. My part of my lip was um it was grazed so much by the concrete that it was kind of like pushed up and when I opened my mouth I actually realized I lost my front tooth my mm. adult tooth so around this time I was 12 right and I was going into my teenage years so you can imagine mm. how horrible it was to go to school with a temporary replacement of a fake tooth and then my orthodontist said that it would be strange if I just had if you know if I had braces and we pushed together what was still remaining it would look strange that I would have one tooth um, that was kind of center Hmm. so they actually decided to remove it as well so the front two teeth that you see (laughs) yeah the front two teeth that you see right now are actually my second incisors so most people have two key incisors at the front yeah. and then they have the secondary incisors and then they have the canines and the premolars and the molars. So my canines have actually been chiseled down and there's been a filler so they can masquerade as the second set of incisors. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> unless you really paid attention, you wouldn't know that. So No idea. So when people say that like oh you have a really nice smile that means more to me than they would probably ever know because of this accident that no one would know unless I told them and I don't think I shared it to this extent ever on the internet and I based on your I have had no idea yeah yeah I'm like I'm like have I told you <laughs> this that? is a new this is completely new I had no idea wow yeah so that's one not quite fun story but someone who I don't technically have fake teeth. <laughs> I have fillers <laughs> on two of my canines, but yeah. So there's a story behind the smile, <laughs> and it's a it's a lovely smile. And I would have had no idea your canines are hiding as other teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're masquerading like oh, we fooled everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's also a testament to who you are as a person, Mayke. You kept hold of that, a little boy. And use your face instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think today, if I was to do the same thing, if I had, if I had a four-year-old on my back, like if it was my nephew when he grows up a little, for example, I think I'd have the strength to both hold him up and actually use an arm because I'm also trained in jiu-jitsu now. So (laughs) I also know how to do a front break fall, even if it's one-handed. So (laughs) I wish I knew that. So everybody who's listening, if you're open to it, I'd recommend sending your kids to martial arts so they just know how to fall properly without injuring themselves. (laughs) save their faces yeah save their faces please (laughs) (laughs) wow I've learned so much about you this is really cool and obviously we talk all the time so 
I thought like, oh, you know, I know all of these things. We're just going to kind of catch up and ask some cool questions. But I've learned so much. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on um, to interview you. Um, But mainly, congratulations on 100 episodes, May Kay. That's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. And just thank you for being here for 16 months and hopefully (laughs) many more months and years to come. And um, I can't stop, no one can see this, but everyone, Annie is wearing these amazing headphones that have cat ears on them. (laughs) And I I just can't stop staring at them. And because they're my favorite color, they look like they're sky blue, which is my favorite color. So yeah, just thank you for being a part of it and for kind of like turning the tables, being in the hostess chair today as I was in the guest chair. So this is exciting. And I look forward to these next hundred episodes and beyond and to be interviewed by you again in the future. At two, at two hundred, at three hundred, four hundred. Who knows? <laughs> but thank you for being here, and thank you. Um, yeah, I've loved it. So, thanks. So there we have it, my lovely Quiet Rebel. That's episode one hundred for you. So um, please help me give a virtual round of applause or actual round of applause to Annie, even if she can't hear it physically right now. You know, I'm sure she'll feel the love. <laughs> And yes, you will have the pleasure and honor of getting to know her if you send me an email to the inbox because she is my amazing person who kind of like helps me manage that now. <laughs> and also you'll get a, yeah, she has been someone who has really made the Sustainable Visibility Incubator what it is. And all of our clients from our first cohort shared how much their experience was truly enhanced because she was there so yeah you might get to know her a bit better if you decide to work with us in that way but yeah thank you for being here for the 100th episode i hope that this is the end of our journey together and i hope to be with all of you for hundreds of episodes to come so thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode all of the links that we mentioned about where to find me and potentially work with us will be in the show notes below. And yes, thank you so much. And we'll see you for the next one.